0: I think the minute I stepped on a practice field for rugby, the calling happened. An eight-year plan to be on the team,
1: and I was in it within two years.
2: Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro, right? Like, I like doing something, stopping and learning from it. Like, it just looked like it was a heavy
1: hit. If it's up, it's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professionally. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? and there was two scottish guys and they said oh you're um, you here for the movie rugby is a sport where that's often coupled with actually having a good time as he looked at me and he says you guys are awesome." rugby 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 Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Tommy Baylu, and this is the show where we speak to people about the opportunities they have found, created, or taken advantage of via rugby. We have an amazingly special guest today, and I know we say it every week because well, I mean it every single week. She is coming straight out of London by way of Jamaica. She is the current vice president for Jamaica Rugby Union. She is a sports psychologist with her own company, Dragonfly Pathways. She is a former national team member, if even just before a moment. And, of course, a media personality just doing talks, putting out that great, amazing energy. Uh, It's Keisha Ann Down. And, uh, yo, she was... It was so fun just being able to talk to her. I mean I, I've actually had a lot of connection with the Jamaica rugby union in terms of guys um, like uh, Bruce, who is uh, based out of New York, but he does the recruiting for Jamaica and everything like that. But to be able to get another piece of that of that that trio, uh, and and you'll hear more about it as we go on. But to be able to continue to, 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 to talk and get an even bigger depth and to see the power that uh, this woman has been able to do with also continue to develop women's rugby in Jamaica and push and promote for the uh, importance and significance of it to her, even just her own story of just being able to start from rugby and have how far into it she's been. I mean, the mere fact of, you know, we we still in this kind of era where rugby is still developing, but to know that... You know, there was a strong element in some cases back as far in the 80s and the 70s. Um, and and it's, you know, to this day, we're still seeing the development. It was really dope to be able to hear her story of rugby from child into the present now. And especially uh, the number of uh, uh, ways that rugby clearly has been calling her name uh, to come join it and help and be part of the, the mission. Um, she's recognized by World Rugby. And you look, it. this was great. It was just—it was a really good interview, a uh, really good talk. And uh, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. Um, just before we get into it, yo, let's talk about a couple things. One, yo, it sucks that the Rugby World Cup women's is going to get postponed until next year. I know we probably can't be that surprised by it because New Zealand hasn't exactly been the most um, inviting into the country uh, country uh, since COVID started, obviously they locked themselves down, and they were open for a little bit with Australia, and then just like two or three cases kicked in, and they were just like, "Nah, we shutting it all down." So I mean, it's kudos; they've done a really good job in in suppressing the the virus. But you know, obviously it comes at a cost, and the cost is going to end up being. Uh, what we see with uh, the Rugby World Cup women. So 2021 is going to move to 2022. Hopefully we still have the Olympics along the way. Uh, So at least there's going to be some uh, international high stakes rugby to be played. Of course, we're still getting the little bits of international play, uh, you know, with Madrid 7s. Kudos to the men and women. They didn't do as well as they wanted to. And of course, the women had to actually back out on the second one. But... At the same time, you know, we are at least starting to get something back. And even now, as I'm recording, we have preseason games for Major League Rugby as well. So, uh, big shout-out. It's, it's nice to at least get something going, you know, just a little bit of something. We still have a lot to do. And hopefully, by the summertime, we are going to be able to see some level of, you know, relief. I mean, we, we're getting a little bit of relief. I mean, there's some... Some some states have opened up more. I you know Baton Rouge is more Phase 3 now. And uh, clearly Texas and Florida have said, uh, screw it all. And just said, we we open, open out here. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But at least there is rugby occurring. You know? So, I don't want to hold you guys off too much. I just want to do a quick reminder. Please, guys, if you enjoy these podcasts, let Let your friends know about it. Share it with your friends and family. Continue to spread. Thank you to everybody who's been listening to these. It means the most, and I love being able to bring these conversations up because we got so many interesting people in rugby that I think need to be highlighted more and more. And uh, I think it'll only help our industry and help the culture of rugby and help the community of rugby even more with every highlighted story that goes along with it. But please, guys, share it. Let them know they can find it on Google or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that they feel like they need to listen to podcast streaming or just even on the gifttimerugby.com website. And, of course, also, 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 please don't forget that uh, you guys can also watch the videos on YouTube at youtube.com gifttimerugby. please. Subscribe up on there, you know, let your friends know we're starting to put up new content here and there, starting to develop it out as things start to come into fruition, got some special things coming, I know, so you guys are going to enjoy that and it'll be well worth the subscription, I do tell them. If anything, it's just, you guys are going to be able to get to see these people live and and be able to really appreciate what what they have and what they do. So, with that being said, look guys, I want you guys to enjoy I hope you guys know what's up. Yo, Keisha and Downs. Check it out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time A Baylu, and I got an incredible V, an incredible I, and one of the best P's here with us today. Our VIP, uh, Vice President for the Jamaica Rugby Union, a sports, uh, sports therapist, sports life coach, sports. Just sports consultant. It's, it's, it's levels. And media, media uh, influencer coming up. Keisha, no, I'm going to go full name, Keisha. All right, we're going to go full name on this one. Keisha Ann down. Keisha, thank you so much for uh, coming through today. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for having me and wow what an introduction. I definitely hope I can live up to that.
1: <laughs> All <Definitely>. the oppression. <laughs> no. No, I, I have no doubt, you know. I I am the one feeling intimidated out here right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I always like, you know, talking about where where I, I learned about people and I, I think it's been very interesting. So um I've heard about you for a couple of years, but I didn't really get to know until I think there was a what was it either no it was a world rugby article that spoke about the uh women in leadership uh, and the scholarship that was gotten in your name came up as one that came up what in 2017 2018 something like that
0: Actually, just 2019. It was 2019. Okay, yeah, See? just the other day.
1: Pan- pandemic time. All right, that was, it was like 70 years ago. Like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, but yeah, it was. It was just uh, I heard about it. and Then, of course, you got to go research through, and I kind of realized that our paths have crossed on on a couple occasions without actually realizing. I think most notably, it was uh, in Carrie carry uh north carolina for the olympic qualify, not the olympic called qualif- the nacra qualifiers uh whenever jamaica and Trinidad, and uh that was i think maybe 2015 did that happen
0: uh, it could have admittedly i was not part of the jrfu at that time um because i was back in the uk so it was pre- cool. it predates it predates me
1: So the paths have not crossed as much. So, okay, I don't feel as guilty
3: (laughs) as much. Don't feel bad.
1: Doesn't still take away from the fact that the impact that you've been making and learning more about your story has been uh, really great uh, to be able to see. And uh, what you're trying to do with Jamaica rugby union, what with women's rugby, uh, how you've been able to impact within world rugby, uh, standing up for uh, being a spokesperson for, for your country has been awesome. So, um, it's definitely a real pleasure to be able to get this moment.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. It has certainly been an interesting journey. And I think one of the big things for me is rugby has had such a massive impact on my life, um, you know, and from from both sides, from the English side and from the Jamaican side. And my dad played rugby every every Saturday, you know, and he also refed later on. So growing up, I was at the rugby field all the time in Jamaica. Um and so, you know, there weren't a lot of girls around uh playing then. However, being one of the only girls that would be dragged out with their dad, <laughs> uh you know, I throw the throw the ball about um a bit and I definitely say that um when you're surrounded by incredible athletes, it's extremely daunting uh, because I wasn't one of those, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So it was, there there are some incredible female players who were around when I was kind of in my late teens uh, and early twenties who phenomenal athletes that it would have been so amazing if they had really had the opportunity to showcase you right. know their talents and their skills, because these women, they still are, you know, incredible in terms of their ability. Uh, you know and it's it's I think that's the whole point that there's so many women that are incredible athletes that have incredible skills that you know, you play for a little while. And then because you don't necessarily know what the next steps could be, you don't you don't take those steps. So it's almost like when you there are things that you know that you don't know. True. However, there are lots of things that you don't know you don't know. And that is the clincher. Um, And so, you know, it was it was really interesting to be on both sides of the Atlantic because within UK I played for my university uh, nice. and that's when I actually properly started playing and that's when I had a position I was second row and I, <laughs> I got to play and I was part of this incredible team of women who literally three weeks ago I spoke to, to my captain nice. you know, and it was phenomenal I mean Brahman was the same bubbly warm person that she was and I remember when I first met her, she scared the living daylights out of me, you know? She was this half-Chinese, half-Welsh girl who was tall, very tall and just incredible and she had a black eye and I'm thinking, I don't think this sports for me, no not really.
1: Wait, let me ask, because, you know, you're, you're going from a person like your dad who's bringing you out to the pitch, so you, you, you've you already got an idea of what this is, To Now you're like, oh, oh, wait, wait, this is for real, for real? <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, what was I watching? So I just, I kind of want to know, like, what 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 is your mindset in those aspects? Because, you know, you get this UK version, and, and now you're seeing yourself there versus in Jamaica, which... I want to actually even get into rugby in the 80s and early 90s and that, but, you know, you're seeing in Jamaica, like, what what do you feel was different in in being able to, in, in that culture shock, maybe, to say the least, of rugby?
0: I think one of the main differences is in Jamaica, it was very much a male-dominated sport. And so whenever I was playing, I was playing with the old Crocs. Um, and so those were the over-35s. And, you know, they were nice um, because... <laughs> They weren't, my, my dad was a serious player and could hit, you know, and so they didn't want him to tackle them. So when we were playing, it was touch rugby and they treated me with kid gloves. I Got think it. that was the, the whole thing, you know. Um, and so when I went to university, it was literally, I was on the sideline watching somebody else play, uh, watching the boys play. <laughs> and watching them you know there was another very small girl she came up to me and she says hey are you interested in rugby I say yeah I love rugby and she went from there to say well you know I'm part of the Kingston University women's rugby team do you want to come and play and I said to her you play because she's tiny right And she said, yeah. And I was like, well, if you can do it, yeah, sure, why not? I can do it. (laughs) And I suppose the difference was, in Jamaica, I'd been surrounded by athletes. So completely intimidated. You know, there was no way I was going to attempt to to play against people who could. I mean, phenomenal athletes. And so at university, you know, the pressure is definitely off. Um, because it's seen as community and it's seen as fun. And uh, I hadn't realized how competitive we got and we got very competitive. And so, you know, the first year we beat Brunel University, which was like, yes, and I think we beat St. Mary's as well. And these are like big universities with amazing teams. Um, So, yeah. However, it was literally, you know, somebody I thought, yeah, if they're playing, yeah, sure. I can give it a go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: <that's, laughs> kind of I can see. I can see that. And it so I, I it, it's funny as you say this because I, I had a conversation um with uh this young lady Anna Woostery. She she has a podcast, Black Girl Rucks, um out, out in London. And so I asked her the same because even within the concept of, of UK rugby, I, I actually, you know, this is where the learning process has always been where I assumed that in in the UK with the establishment of rugby and everything that even though I, I know women's rugby always will have a little bit of a lag, has a little bit of a lag behind because cultural and social dynamics, mm-hmm. I thought it would have been a lot further ahead than say in the U S or, or other places. But whenever she was telling me about that, it's still in its like building stage. And so you still are getting that surprise of like, okay, women, Are able to jump in and you're actually seeing this this peak of it uh it it always shocks me a little bit and so to hear this story of you know we're we're we're, we know it exists but i didn't even realize people are still playing like this wait hold on wait what's going (laughs) on (gasps) oh but i was no continue please
0: yeah no i think no i was just saying that you know it for me university rugby really took in that whole concept of rugby as a game for all. Right. And that was that was the thing. You know, I wasn't I wasn't a runner. However, I could tackle. Let's go. I can tackle. <laughs> I can still
3: tackle. It was like present um, tense. And not past tense. Present tense. I can
0: still tackle. You know, <laughs> and I was I was great in a scrum. I was great in a rock and mall. And I think for me uh, being on a fifteen team literally meant that everybody had a place, everybody had a role. So you had those that were super fast. And let me tell you, there's a big difference between the grass in the UK, where when you fall, it's soft, it's
3: soft, you
0: know? (laughs) the grass in Jamaica <laughs> on the rugby field you're looking for the
1: grass this is where you go like okay how tough is my skin i don't mean that figuratively literally
0: <laughs> <we need laughs> literally, literally you know so uh, so that's one of the differences as well i was kind of looking at that ground thinking wow that that, that yeah that's not fun oh um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah we've we've had a couple of those uh, I know we've played in Texas and and, and sometimes in Florida where it's just like, guys, I I need you to understand. I feel like we have very different definitions of what a field means, all right? I expected to see some green. Like, can we get through some of this? It's just brown plus stones. What is happening right now? Oh, so let me ask, you know, you, you... you you get into the UK and and you're, you start playing that first game. Now, like you said, you've been playing touch. You've had your dad, um, but whenever you got into that first game, like you had your opportunity to play, like what was going through your mind at that point? And really, how long before from recruiting point to game time did you have? A week. It's nice. Sounds average. This sounds about average. You know, <laughs> rugby rugby average. Who needs? <laughs>
0: So I think there was one training session and I have to say they were incredible. You know, there were two um, retired coaches, you know, they came out for the love of the game um, and we would be up there training at, at Tallworth and covered in mud, <laughs> covered in mud. I mean, that's that's really what I remember about rugby when I at universities, just the amount of mud. Um, and... You know, it was the social aspect of it that was really important. Though it was that that building of sisterhood that it's so uh, it's so unique to uh, to a lot of the sports that you see because you're yes you're trying to be the best that you can be or you're working to be the best you can be. Yet you're also making sure to build up your fellow team members so that you can really strive and move forward and and do something magical. Um, and so the first match, I was just scared. I was literally scared. You know, I was thinking, what am I doing? Who am I fooling? You know, it was total imposter syndrome. Right. Um, and I remember Bron literally saying, listen, just get the first hit in. After the first hit, you'll be fine. You know, just don't miss Sorry. that tackle. You make that tackle. Every time you see that person with the ball, you make sure they don't get up. Um, obviously, we kind of say things very differently now. However, back then
1: it was it's hit still, him, hit him hard. It still counts. It still counts even to this day. I don't care what what level it is. Is that first time? Because that's the one that scares you the most. Because you're just like, is it going to hurt me more than it hurts them? But once you realize, like, oh, okay, my body, my body is actually can be able to handle this. And then you're like, okay, I don't feel so bad anymore.
0: <laughs> that's it. And it, I mean, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible because. We were as a new team, we uh, did exceedingly well together, and it gave me a lot of confidence. Um, I would say that it really helped in so many aspects. So, when I went on to student governance and went to be president of my students' union, you know, a lot of that, if not all of that, had to do with the fact that I had this group of people. And it wasn't just the women that I played with, it was the fact that I was part of the rugby club. Um, so, and then further beyond that, it wasn't just the rugby club, it was the entire sporting community. Right. And that was something that, you know, was really special, kind of seeing seeing how people could come together. And yes, we were all competitive, you know, we, we loved it when we were winning and the boys weren't. <laughs>
1: You know. (laughs) Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to talk to you about the Rugby Outlet Mall. Now, I know you guys have heard me talk about this many times in the show before, typically in the intro, but I wanted to really make sure to get your focus on it because the Rugby Outlet Mall is not just the commerce hub for Gift Time Rugby, but it is an area where we want to be able to create the movement and the symbolic elements that add to the movement. The Rugby Outlet Mall is here so that we can have something that not just to have for the field, but more importantly, to be able to have as a regular lifestyle. Because as you know, rugby is not just a sport, it's a whole way of life. It is a movement. And we have everything moving from cultural to your pop culture items like our Rugby Zone shirts. Or And uh, sweaters As well as representing for the culture As we continue to develop the HBCU Rugby Classic And we want to continue to support these things Because it only grows the sport overall We are continually growing To be able to make sure That we are connecting with you On a personal level As well as a rugby love And for you guys that are listening to the podcast And listening to this show Want to let you know that you are going to get 20% off all gear that is under the category of Gift Time Rugby Network and the HBCU Rugby Classic. That is basically the entire store. And all you need to use is promo code GROWRUGBY. G-R-E-A-U-X RUGBY. And with that, you guys will get 20% off any clothing that is in the store as of right now. And of course, we're always building up more and more each time. But we want to make sure that you are able to symbolize your rugby faithfulness to the rest of the world. And let them know that there is an opportunity to be able to develop, to grow, and to get better each and every time in this sport. So guys, I hope you guys check it out. Definitely go. And you guys can go to www.rugbyoutletmall.com. That is rugby. Outletmall.com, guys you're not going to want to miss one bit of this now let's get back to it
0: we like to rub that
1: in quite you got to get to double up it, it it's all about love we, we not only do we check mark off two of those uh but we're also going to uh let it be known this is a full school effort all right we're bringing the whole school we got the whole crowd <laughs> oh i i love it. like did you guys have, because you said you guys were such a new club at that point, what was the alumni base? Like, how new was it for, for you guys? Like, was it, like, they had just started maybe five years ago? Or was it, like, you guys were like, a year? Is... Oh, wow, you guys were new-new.
0: New-new. <laughs> so I think they'd started um, maybe six months before I joined. Oh, no. Um, or, you know, it was it was new because I joined and it was our first competition. Right. Like, first series of competitions that we had. So, yeah, like two games in, maybe a few more games in. So it was new.
1: And it was what was very new. What was that support like uh, even around it? Because, again, you know, we're we're talking about a new br- – bringing in more women into the sport at this point, and it's still in its early stages in that. I, as ironic as this 200-year history of this sport has been – you know but you know what was the what was the the environment like obviously the boys got support but what was the environment like for you guys
0: um it was really interesting i suppose because it was university and it based out of a university the funding was there for the entire club nice. and so you know certainly we didn't feel that we were being treated any differently in regards to that Um, at the time. You know, I I don't know what it's like now for the university. Um, And maybe I just wasn't aware of it. I think that's one of those things that, you know, we were having a great time. We had our kids, we had our coaches, we had two coaches. Uh, We always had transport to the games. You know, Wednesday, uh, we had Wednesdays off, you know, at university to go and play. And there was never an issue or a problem about going and playing at another space Um, we had i think maybe there was some disparity in terms of the field so the boys would get the the top field you know the first field (laughs) and we would get the fields that you would have to walk miles to Uh, so people would come to see the rugby and they'd stop and watch the boys play rugby or the boys play football and you know if you wanted to see the girls play well you had to kind of keep on walking Keisha, um, you so maybe that was slightly.
1: You didn't realize? <laughs> they were like, look, we're trying to help you guys get your warm-ups in, all right? Like, we want to make sure everybody is awake and energized by the time they get to the field, all right? Get that blood flowing. They helped me. They, they were like, look, the boys, we're going to give them a disadvantage. This is their handicap. People going to be tired, by the <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> no, and it, do you know what? It, it, it. We were really lucky. The university I went to, we had a great space. So we had beautiful fields, nice. uh, and we had equipment, and there was money for sport. So we were in a really good space in terms of that. So really I didn't see the disparities in the game financially nice. so much until I actually moved into uh, governance within the Jamaica Rugby Football Union. So it's within the JRFU, and when we would be asking you know, for support or you know trying to get sponsorship for the teams or anything like that everybody wanted to support the boys everybody wanted to put money there Mm -hmm. and to get money for them for the girls was they were like women play rugby (laughs) and that's where you really saw the disparity coming out um and so that's been that's kind of been quite interesting to see that and then now being in the uk I've been lucky enough to be presenting for one of the rugby shows and, you know, for the women's rugby show. And what Mm. was really interesting is even going to some of the fields, the fields that the women here would get to play on aren't necessarily the best fields, right? you know, or instead of going and playing at the main pitch, they get to play at the other pitch. Um, So that was really interesting. So for me, exeter chiefs um are fantastic in that they stated categorically that their women's team would always get to play on the main pitch and that is incredible i can you know i know it doesn't sound like a big thing no but yet,
1: it is it's, it's the it's nuances big. that make the biggest difference and and i think that's one thing that we learned and i i want to get into that uh, well, i we're building we're building because there's, there's a lot we got to get through all right? all right we can't be jump skipping over here
0: we're Sorry, sorry. Over here. Rewind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so um
1: so okay so let, let me ask because i I love where 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 it all ends up with you but you know at, in, in this process you know you're mm-hmm. you you've, you've been playing you're you're working with the team you' you're getting an idea when you were playing in college did you foresee yourself? Delving further into rugby like this, nope. or no, no, no,
0: no. It was something you did, you right. know. I think at university you get the opportunity to try out different things, and right. I'd always enjoyed sport because of my asthma. Though I'd found it difficult to participate in a lot of sports, and I had this amazing treatment in Central America in Honduras, nice. where this doctor injected me with five different types of snake venom. Oh, wow. Really interesting, to get rid of um, my asthma, and- Metropathic, you gotta love
1: it.
3: (laughs) It
0: worked. It was amazing. So all of a sudden, instead of breathing through, feeling as if I was breathing through a straw, I could could breathe really well. And so uh, in Jamaica, I was always in the pool. I was, swimming was my thing. And so university after this treatment, that was a by chance because I was volunteering in Honduras for a year, you know, I come and I'm able to, to run and move. And it's like, wow. And so I loved sport. My, my dad's side of the family are exceedingly sporty and I was the
1: least sporty of them. So so, so basically yeah. you're just saying I was the least elite of the elite. I, I, I feel like. Not even,
0: not even. I was like, at the very, very bottom, you know, just going out and throwing a ball around kind of space. And I think that's the beauty of it. I think I was really lucky because I met these incredible women. I, I spoke to um, Lou, who was in second row with me just the other day, you know, and these are women that I haven't spoken to in ages. They yeah. became family and 20 years on, that's it's lovely. amazing that we can have a conversation and we can have communication and it's, it kind of is one of the things that, you know, I find so important about women's rugby and I've seen that and and this is specifically as a fifteens player. I can't talk anything about this. I I Yeah. Seven. It's like,
1: I, that, right? I it's like yeah. I know my my sport, all right. This is my code, Almost. all right. This other one yo, you guys
0: got... <laughs> I mean that's for Ah, although i'm telling you gift honestly i have watched some incredible rugby over the last the last couple of months you know yeah. since october to now and i call people up and i say you cannot believe the standard of rugby that these agreed. women are playing it's great and so many people want to talk about men's rugby and i'm like yeah men's rugby great However, have you seen these
3: athletes?
1: 100. They're phenomenal. I, you know what's funny? So <clears throat> I had this realization um, about, in about 2015, 2014, 2015, all right? So it was, I, you know, you, you always see men and women play. I've never really had too much of a scope. There's always something. But you it's, it's harder to see, I think, sometimes at the grassroots level because the range is so, so, so high, and that's on both sides. But it wasn't until I started going to um, the seven series for women in uh, they used to have it in Atlanta, Georgia. That's about eight hours from where I'm at. And so I was able to cover it. And I remember the first time watching it. And let me tell you, when it came to the media, it was me. And I think literally one other person who was not part of USA Rugby. And I remember watching these games and I'm like, yo, this is a beautiful – like, they're so fast. They're so strong. And I'm like, this is completely free-flowing. This is this – is, I, I don't understand what people are talking about where the games don't match. And so I had that, and we had that leading up into the Olympics, which I, I always will tell people. The Olympics, I think, was the first breaking out party for, for women's rugby um, because uh, it was the first time that you got to sit down and just watch it straight with an investment, and I think they killed, to be honest with you, and, and, and not even pandering, I thought they were better than the men. men's. I, I literally got into the men's side, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it's all right. And I just, I don't really know if I feel like this is the same level of intensity. Like, I don't feel the hunger is the same. Um, whereas then, when it got to the 2017 Rugby World Cup uh, in Ireland, and I was just, like, blown away. Absolutely blown away. And I was just like, this is perfect. And I at that point where I felt like, okay, this is where the sport now has to change. And I think we've seen it with women's rugby. Now it it had to make the change because there was no flaws in how that was between the coverage, the outcome, the product. Like it was amazing. Top to bottom. The finals were great. It was everything you could ask for. And I was just like, how can anyone be like, no, this game is not equivalent. Like, what are you talking about? And, Again, not to pander, I do feel like I think women's rugby has an advantage over men's rugby in the sense. And this is an ironic statement, but I I still believe it in the fact that I think rugby is the only team contact sport that has enough notoriety to be able to gather the best athletes of women, you know. Uh, And because, I mean, there's combat sports, but I I feel like one, that's individual. And two, it's it's a completely different mindset. And I don't f- honestly feel like field hockey is the worldwide element that rugby has. Look, look, I, okay, it's not in the U.S. All right, look. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, you know, I personally never played field hockey. However, I have a cousin that played for the Olympics. So, in field hockey, so you know, f-
1: f- fair enough, fair enough. I, but yeah. Not to say that field yeah. hockey is bad. I just don't think it has the same,
3: same...
1: Big global like yeah. it's, it's very specific to areas very similarly to cricket but it's big but it's big in its spots yeah. you know so i don't yeah. i don't think you're going to naturally have that gravitation uh to that and then the only other one would have been uh women's american football and i i just don't see that being able to grow just Based off of the, the culture of the sport here in the US and, and it doesn't really resonate well outside of, of the US. So you have rugby as this sole element, maybe hockey, the other one, sole element where women can come down to uh, uh, ice hockey I man, could come back together and have that that contact. So when you see them, it's like you're really getting the best of the best mm-hmm. in that in that field. And I think it completely changes. What the investment in the game is, and especially how everybody, you know, performs in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think that's the the big thing in terms of performance, and it's it's really interesting, kind of seeing the the differences and the disparity between plays, and certainly from you know, Rugby Americas, we look at our region. Right. Um, you know, we have to look at the disparities between, say, a Canada. A USA and then the Caribbean you know the islands there or or Mexico um, and if you even take it to the fact that within Iran you know you've seen very only two countries have 15s right only USA and Canada um, yes Mexico I think Mexico now have their 15 squad um, we're working on OR15's squad at the moment, so Let's definitely go. keep an eye out there because
1: Hey, my I guy, Bruce Martin. Martin. I, I, I see him recruiting. I see him doing the work out there.
0: Bruce is so hard working, honestly. <laughs> Do you know, it's it's a, it's amazing because everybody that I talk to, any of my friends, any my phone rings and they go, Oh, is that Bruce or Jerry? Or is it both of them? It's like, yeah, it's constant, honestly. It, it, my phone rings and at stupid o'clock and it's, it's, the, it's the boys, you know? So, yeah. And, and that's where family comes in as well. right? You know, in that you get to that point where you're building towards something and You're wanting something, and you're putting in the time, effort, and energy to get people uh, and to get the sport to a particular place that it's benefiting so many individuals. And definitely, in terms of Bruce and Jerry, are the ones with the passion. I'm the the one that says (laughs) no all the time. Jerry will tell you that without a doubt. My vice president tells me no 24-7. It's like, not 24-7.
1: No uh, How do I feel I like you have this? to
0: have a starting point?
1: I was gonna say, I, why does this feel like the the lineup for American Idol right here? You know, we we gotta have a Simon, we gotta have a, a, a Paula, we gotta make sure we
0: have it you know, all. I am so Simon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. Look, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. No, I can see Jerry as, as, as Paula. Look, I know you guys are great. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. <laughs> you know, it, it is that dynamic. You need to have that that, that grouping of passion and balance where it allows uh, uh, the, uh, uh, a movement to go smoothly and and controlled because that's how you get it. It's incremental growth. And it's one of those things that are sometimes very hard to be able to take in because we want it obviously to happen like as fast as possible. Like, let's go. But it is a systemic process.
0: That's it. And, you know, I think one of the big things, certainly over the last from 2016, 2017, you know, we have at the union, we have been building and, We have pretty much been building from scratch. The rule book wasn't there. You know, we got into office, and literally, it was like, "Well, where are the notes? Where's where's the information? How do we do?" And it was starting from scratch, and definitely, there was a lot of fighting, um, a lot of backing and throwing. You know, (laughs) it's how it goes. goes. And I think the one thing is, we were able to keep respect. You know, and I think if you're able to keep respect then you're able to move beyond any disagreements and you're able to find a common ground and you're able to communicate and i think because of the respect we were able to keep communication levels going and keep communication levels open and now we have a board that works we have board meetings we have club meetings and you know people might say but that's that's nothing big for us it's a big deal Right. Um, and it's putting those things into place that we're, re- it's so important. Uh, so while we're going out there and the, the players are winning, we're also making sure things are happening at the back end so that we can continue to fly and do well.
2: Hey everybody, this is just the train translating out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Number one is because um, it's part of my business. I do Rugby Lovers Guide to Asia. Number two is I want to bring a lot of exposure to the the rugby clubs and the rugby NGOs and charities. Also, on a personal level, I just want to break uh, the funk I've kind of felt I've been into for the last 10 years. So for the next 12 months, I poured myself... To the Singapore to Tokyo campaign, but it still wasn't enough. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana.
1: We in Singapore, baby!
2: Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force.
1: <laughs> Say hi to my people out there.
2: <laughs> which makes up for my um social shortcomings. The place is unbelievable. Oh, no! It's not just mmm, it's like mmm, mm, 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 mm. What's he supposed to do? Morons, a bunch of morons. Guys, picture with me. Picture. Australian. G'day, mate. You can use my phone? But what unites us is a hunger for adventure.
1: After KL Kuala Lumpur. Woo! Yeah! Woo! Gift where are we? Where are you? <laughs> no!
2: Fuji Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, seven! Yeah!
3: Yeah!
2: Rugby is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the
1: mighty mighty Valkyries! The mighty-
2: and allows us to overcome incredible, incredible obstacles. It's just got so thick. It's just so sticky, and now it's pouring down rain again.
1: But coming to this Thai-Cambodia border has renewed all the aggression.
2: So the whole thing's gone buggered.
1: I got hit. What?! I got
2: Thailanded by a motorbike. I can just feel that knee, that ankle just going in all the wrong directions under the weight of my body. But that doesn't compare to the pain of, of failure. I'm dying. Oh, I'm dying. And that's what I've been worried about this whole time. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come.
1: Making the comeback. 2300 miles, five countries.
2: After all the trials and tribulations, this ride had become deeply personal.
1: All that mattered
2: now was getting to that Rugby World Cup game in Tokyo.
1: Hey, buddy, all right, be easy. Go check out redearthfilms.vhx.tv to get your copy of Singapore to Tokyo any way we can. That's redearthfilms.vhx.tv. You know, they, they say a, a, a well-run, a, a strong team is built off of a well-run administration. And it, because it does start from the top down and it makes its way over, over. because if you don't have that organization where those, again, the nuances, the devils and the details aren't being yeah. taken care of, it does shake the foundation. You, the players might be able to come, but if nobody knows where they're supposed to go or they have to figure it on to fly, like, not only are you bound for mistake, you're almost guaranteed to have some obstacle. The obstacles are inevitable to come. It's just like, how do we smoothly bypass through them?
0: <laughs> Definitely. And it's, it's how to, you know, when people say you know, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Right. For us, it's like, you don't even have the lemons. You have the leftover bit of the lemon. So what are you <laughs> going to do with that? Um, and I think it's about that imagination. It's about right. coming up with something and finding a way. And I think that's something that has been very frustrating as well as exciting to do. If, honestly, it's like opening a fridge and having two things in it and making a three course meal. Yeah. You know, that it's it's about finding finding different ways to make things happen. And wow, if we had a fraction, a fraction <laughs> of the money that a club some of the clubs have. So I'm not even talking big <laughs>
3: winners. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the things we would be able to do i mean literally we have such an amazing team we have only two members of staff in the jrfu office and they are phenomenal you know they really really are and honestly all of the volunteers like many sports we we stand on the backs of the volunteers you know and without volunteers we wouldn't be able to do anything and i think that's something as well about rugby you know and it's that community it's it's the reason you get up because it's about your community it's about your family it's about wanting to do something and help something and so you know for me the women's rugby scholarship and being a part of the wild Group, so women in leadership development group it's about how can I make sure that I do my best as well as sharing the information and I think that's key you know, it's it's not just about getting to a position. You have to hold a door open right. and you have to create pathways so people can see what those doors are.
3: Right.
0: Within the last 12 months, I have seen so many positions in rugby that I didn't know existed. You know, I genuinely just didn't know because it's not something we think about. You know, we think about how are we going to get the team to play? how are we going to get the kids to have a space to play? Right. Um, and so sometimes when you're bogged down in the details,
1: you lose that. you're lose
0: unable to see the big picture, see right. the, you know, what else is out there. So
1: no, I, yeah, I can feel that. Um, you know what, you know, it, it, it's a far cry difference of going from the social aspect to the administrative aspect. So, for you, you know, going from this college part to the administrator, like what was your flipping of the switch where you were just like, okay, I, I need to have that. Like, because I know for me, it was, it was a weird aspect. I think we had a losing season and I was like, all right, Mm -hmm. maybe it's time like to take an administrative look. And it was like, Oh, I'm seeing the field. And I'm like, I'm seeing this space that needs to be filled. And I'm like, why hasn't it been filled? like, Someone's got to do it. I right? was like, oh, "Why not me?" Like for you, what was what was that moment like? Because you were with the J- okay. Jamaica national team for a little bit as well, too.
0: One stint, literally. It's it's, the being the team, right? it's being on the team,
1: all right, Keish. It's being <laughs> on the team.
0: I'm telling you, it was being on the team with these amazing athletes, and thinking, "What am I doing here? Like, <laughs> I should have been the water boy, honestly, right?" <laughs> Um, so I cannot give myself props in that space <laughs> at all. It's um, okay.
1: I'm gonna give you the props. All right. We we, we take okay, it from the okay. outside.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I um I spent about 22 years in the UK mm. and um then I came came back to Jamaica. Kind of a couple of things happened and just needing to to be near my family and help my help out. At home and to you know my grandfather was getting ill and my grandmother was getting very old and so i literally arrived just in time and my grandfather passed and then you know it was looking after helping to look after my grandmother and so it was being in that space i'm a i'm an only child and i'm a girl and
1: the nurturing is whereas real.
0: the traditionalist <laughs> inside is is there it goes against my other non-traditionalist <laughs> you know way of doing things
1: i understand the strong inner <laughs> conflict that goes it's like no we <laughs> are more than this but i also need
0: to like Yo we gotta take care We gotta do it through <laughs> Totally, totally. So I went back to Jamaica and um my dad had been involved in the uh, the governance of yeah. Jamaica rugby as well for I don't know, a long time and he wasn't anymore. However, they would still go along to the meetings, he was still part of the old crocs, um, so he was still playing touch rugby. I mean my dad Still playing touch rugby at 70. You That's, know? Pl- I mean, That's the
1: greatest he's, part he's of this sport. You can play until... I've seen it till he's you're going. 90. Just keep yes. going. I don't want to I feel just like keep going. the older you get, like your bones are supposed to get more brittle, but for some reason they get thicker. It's just like the osteoporosis went the opposite direction. <laughs> you're just like, what, why are they getting so tough? Stop getting
0: old. That's it. That's it. And it's it's brilliant. Some people remember my dad from, you know, when he used to play before. So they automatically assume he'll hit hard. So they kind of move out of the way. So it's brilliant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Long-term mind games. I like It's playing chess, not chess. <laughs>
0: that was it so literally he dragged me along or i went with him to a rugby agm you know he says hey do you want to go i said yeah sure we'll go um and i had met jerry at a a rugby league game about i don't know three weeks beforehand uh, and we were supporting rugby league you know cheering them on and and stuff like that and um my dad introduced me to jerry and i said hey you know i'm back in jamaica and i'm working for myself so therefore you know if you need any help with stuff i'm happy to volunteer and help out it was literally just as broad as that that was it
1: right? <laughs> and we opened the door and pandora's box never yeah. goes again.
0: that is exactly what happened i got to the agm and before we even went into the agm jerry says hey you know, do um, you want to be my my vice chair? And I was like, no. And He's like, no, 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 I'm serious. He's <laughs> like, no. Like, I'm happy to volunteer, but no. It's
1: like I feel like you misunderstood what was being said here. <laughs> like, yo, you want me to go find some water? Do you want me to like, hey? I can, I can talk to a few <laughs> people to come to the games. I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. Or if you need me to make a few calls or write a few letters, you know. I got you. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, somehow uh when we left that meeting, I was vice chair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know what? Some, sometimes it's just like sometimes it's it's a process sometimes it's a calling clearly it was a calling that you never realized that you meant to have yeah it was <laughs> a
3: calling i never knew i had that's what it is
0: no totally and then you see the thing was i i am super competitive i am i admit that and um i think it comes from you know even before my school days and the school I went to in Jamaica, you know, we always were told you're the best of the best. You're the best of the best. And we kind of, you know, have that little well, attitude. It's a kid.
3: It, it, it's, it's there. Respect. <laughs> it, respect.
0: It's there. And so it's a matter of, you know, whatever I decide to do, it doesn't matter what it is. Right. Um. It's about giving your all. It's about giving your best. It's about making sure things happen. And, I am a, I am a policies person. I like making sure policies are in place. Mm-hmm. I like making sure things work. I like the crossing the T's and dotting the I's um, and, and figuring out ways to make things more efficient. You know, that's kind of, I enjoy that aspect of things. And I, you know, the first time I'd been on a board, I was fresh out of university. And it was a very big budget that we had. You know, it was over a million pounds that we had as a budget. And so I was in a different space, and you know, I'd managed to to take or or union with with the rest of the team from being in debt to. To having a surplus nice. um yeah somehow go. convinced them I'm that drunk. subway was the way to go you know <laughs> brought subway in um yeah. but it was it was one of those things that i really believed that hey, together we could turn around the fortune of the of the JRFU, and we set about doing that and in terms of we still have challenges don't of get me wrong. we still have huge challenges and but- I did not know
1: it. Like, you know know that you're on a pathway, but it's just like, oh, we still got some serious rocks that we got to crack. But you're at least like, okay, we're moving forward. As long as we're moving. I
0: No, definitely. And I think that's it. You know, it's like I didn't realize that in sports there were issues with people and ego. I don't understand the reason I didn't realize that. Um however it,
1: it doesn't make sense. It no no. I, I, I have this exact same issue all the time where it's like I don't really understand why you feel like there's this need to it, it, either it's like this weird entitlement or an ownership or this weird place it's like we're all struggling. Why do you why does this even make sense to you? So it's like, I think logically it doesn't click, you, but you see it and you're just like, okay, all right, that's, yeah. I, okay, we'll we'll work with this. We'll work around, we'll work through this, but why? <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, exactly. And, you know, the fact is, you know, I've heard some horror stories right. um, from from other unions. And I have to say that, you know, even though Jerry and I butt heads, he is a big picture man and he can get that energy and that excitement. And it's fantastic because you need that. You need somebody with a vision, you know, you need somebody with that energy, with that, who genuinely believes and wants not just one club or two clubs, but the entire country to love rugby and to really take it beyond and you know, it's interesting to see the lack of ego with him. And so for me, you know, kind of working with him, it has been, yeah, you know what? I'll continue working with you because it's about the kids. It's about the youngsters, you know? And I think that's, that's the heart. And I, I love the fact that both Bruce and Jerry are also for the women and have put so much time, effort, and energy into that, you know, and it, there're two definitely yet there's so many other members of, of the team of the board that are working towards that and striving and we've got some great talent uh, you know one of my one of the ones that definitely I'd like to see really shine is is Lisa Fraser who is oh, our coach.
1: I've heard you know, so much um, about her
0: oh, <laughs> she's amazing. You know, absolutely, and I, I use that word a lot, it sounds like. Um yet well, well, the reality if it fits, is her serious talent. <laughs> if it fits, it fits exactly. <laughs> you know, she has serious talent and there's so many talented players as well, for both the men and the women, um, and certainly in not just in the national team. There are some youngsters that you watch them play and Honestly, they are jaw-droppingly good. And you just hope that they'll be able to follow their dream, that they'll be able to play, and they'll be able to get to that professional and and elite level. And I suppose, for me, the fact that I'm in the UK at the moment, it's just seeing how it works, you know, how these other clubs work, how these big clubs work. And then thinking, how can I create a pathway for the youngsters to be able to get the opportunity to showcase their talent within this wider space right you know because that's what it's all about it's there's there's just so much talent and there just needs to be a pathway so that is the big challenge that's the that's the focus
1: you know i i i love that because i feel like it's it's something that is so integral to non-major rugby countries you know i i feel like we, we see this this level of talent underneath but it's almost like a lot of the same problems even u.s canada doesn't even matter just if you're a non-major rugby country and that's basically like almost all except for like four <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> so it's just like you you see this uh issue in and how to get people how to get the engine running and it's you know from from the i guess outside looking in and then slowly getting a better look inside like I, I wonder if 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 a lot of it has just been the culture of rugby itself having been a while verbally vocally inclusive and and it has executed but it has also ironically been an exclusive culture in some ways or a not very vocal one so like mm-hmm. the the systems of being able to, that most major sports would have, haven't played out the same way in rugby. So we see all this left behind talent as opposed to maximization. Uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, okay. please continue. Cause this was just. No, I, wanna... I
0: was just, <laughs> I was just saying that, you know, one of the things I was lucky enough to go to the world cup in Japan Yeah. and What was phenomenal about that is I was able to meet the the heads of the different unions and have conversations with them. And I spoke to a lot of the African nations and their unions. And what was absolutely incredible was the way they spoke about South Africa, the fact that South Africa was a larger union and they weren't just interested in their developments. They were also interested in the development of the other African unions to build their space up there. And I think one of the things that certainly is important and crucial is we need those larger unions taking more of an interest in the smaller unions. And when I say more of an interest, it doesn't have to be financial. Everything isn't about money. We know a lot is about money. A lot, but- but there's another part to it, right. There's another part to it. And I think it's about sharing information. And now when we have Zoom, where we have um, certainly lots of different things that we can do, we can share knowledge, we can share experiences for, for the Caribbean, for a lot of us in the Caribbean. And I, I can tell you this in terms of, you're sat. if I'm sat in Jamaica, I can't watch Rugby. Right. Because it's not on. I can't access it you know even if your like autumn nations was played on amazon you couldn't access those games in jamaica even using your amazon prime because
1: it's geotagged out because you're
0: out. out of the it's geotagged out and so it's finding ways to you know if you can have youngsters watching and seeing the game played at different levels it also brings excitement to it If we can share things that are happening in Asia. And some phenomenal things are happening, certainly within women's rugby on the Asian continent. You know, whether it be in Iran and I say and people are saying, they play rugby in Iran, women's rugby? It's like you would be surprised. Right.
3: Phenomenal.
1: It's it's part of that component where it's like, yo, I the potential in this the the level of potential the sport has is unbelievable it, it is it, it goes back to why I go back go to think like I don't understand how this sport that has such a heavy reach that has such heavy intensity is still like the sixth it's the sixth largest and might not be even the sixth most popular in most countries and even in its most popular countries outside of maybe New Zealand's it's not even number one because even South Africa it's like cricket football, And then maybe rugby is is that third one. UK, the same thing. So it but I I, and like you, I I went to the to the Rugby World Cup 2019 as well. And I I got to there
0: you go, we crossed paths. There we go. See, that's what I was saying.
1: I knew there was a point. There was a point. Look, it was but it was incredible. We got a friend of mine, we did a, a, a kind of a documentary going through Southeast Asia on the way there and just literally seeing the way that rugby directly is impacting culture, especially in women's rugby. Cambodia was one place where it was like, literally, I it's it's we're going from traditionalist belief to playing rugby to I can do whatever it is that I want, and and that is game breaking. But I, I don't know if I think it's it's something that that only was is maybe not just starting, but like, it's the change of the culture. Like, I think this pandemic kind of helped shift a lot of things because I think it now opened up where it's like, okay, we, 1995 to 2020 was the professionalization era. We needed to see if this mm-hmm. test worked. Prior to that was the establishment. And now 2021, moving forward, is the uh, is, is the rugby perspective diversity era where we're now actually yes. feeding mm-hmm. everything because yeah it it's it's a different mindset that goes into it and now it actually adds that inclusive behavior in a way that it includes the women because now you people can't deny it's it's significantly important to have the women involved to be able to develop the sport further and it only adds to what the men it literally only can add to what the men can do it, it does not you know, take it, it, it has take to away. You need the two to yeah. go hand in hand.
0: Yeah, and the reality is, the women's game—it's one of the fastest-growing games in the world. Right, and it's the women's game that's actually keeping rugby alive in a lot of countries. Because you know, you mention that elitism, and you see that coming through. Um, and so, definitely, it has to be a push, especially in some of the rugby-playing nations, like you mentioned. A lot of people are turned off because of false assumptions right. about rugby. Because the one thing rugby hasn't yet been able to garner, it hasn't yet been able to garner the excitement. So many people tuned into the Super Bowl uh, and to watch the Super Bowl. People that don't even watch football, American football, <laughs> exactly, or like American football. They know. They know Tampa Bay won, right? right? They know the name of the Buccaneers. They know.
1: <laughs> I
0: mean, I know because of other reasons,
1: but that's not. No, no, I, I understand it, it, it. It's just it's still you know? sore. I, I, you know, it's it, it's a whole other thing. Oh, another. Oh, plan. Kansas
3: City. Oh, were you Kansas City? I
1: see. It's it's less of so. I'm 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 a New Orleans fan, and the Buccaneers are a rival, and I I have a very big issue of anybody in our division having more Super Bowls than us, and now. It was just—it was bad enough. It was the Bucks and then Tom Brady. It was just, it's just—it's too many levels of pain. <laughs> it was still fresh. I thought I slept through it. Still fresh. So.
0: <laughs> well, I must admit, my my knowledge of American football is so. That's you, you know, know,
1: what? it drives the point even more so of what you're you're saying. You know. Though, it, it, there's still it that does. knowledge.
0: Everybody factor. knows exactly. about American football. They all know about the Super Bowl. Right. You know, it doesn't matter where you are, and it doesn't matter that it's not as widely played as rugby. That one day is huge. Right. And it also brings in a huge amount of revenue. Right. You know, and the fact that considering. It's really I mean, I know they're they're out in I think it's thirty something countries now play American football or something. I'm I'm not sure of the stats. Yet even with that, you're looking at players receiving a phenomenal amount of money. So there is also that drive to be within that space.
1: An investment. You
0: know, so it's that investment and it's the same if you look at football over here, football, football,
1: real football, proper <laughs> <soccer laughs> football.
0: Let's just get that in, right?
1: Um, (laughs) no flexing happening here (laughs) you will call us by the right name
0: (laughs) so you have it and the investment has been put in and now interestingly it's been put in at the top level and so however it's still you know such a huge sport and rugby has that potential yet the only way that it's going to get to that space is if it finds new ways and diversifies. Like you mentioned earlier about diversity, you need that diversification of the portfolio. You need to look at different ways of bringing in sponsors, of bringing people into the game, of getting things happening. And hopefully, I know the RFU have had a complete change of guard almost. Right. Um, hopefully we'll be seeing that certainly over here. And I have to say with World Rugby, I mean, they've had elections recently. The investment that they have put into women in leadership development, the changes that they have put in place to ensure that um, there is a seat at the table, it's, it's phenomenal. And they're listening. So they're
1: not there yet,
0: right? Because... I need to see a little
1: bit more, right people look, in like, that look, that's that's the pro- that's that next process that has to be put in. You but know? that's that's it exactly. And and I, I love that you basically all the points that you mentioned is stuff that that's hit really dear and here and dear to my heart. Where it's what is it that we want out of rugby? It's it is again. It's you know making it a little. Browner in, in other in assets, you know. Let's—I'll say it for you. you no, know, we, we gotta make it a lot. I said people of color, but yeah, browner. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, they're not gonna go orange, so. <laughs> so, but you know, it's 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 making it, it it put more people of color. It it is essentially establishing, and I, I've been a big believer of establishing what we call the rugby industry. I think there's the sport yeah. that's the game itself. And what you have surrounding it but then it's allowing that industry outside of it because you mentioned it it was like pageantry like with the super bowl it's not because the super bowl has such a significance for all these countries but it's it's distribution how it's being presented is what okay. adds to it it's you know as a result of how it gets presented it gets more money poured into it and mm-hmm. as it puts more money we in essence just by, by human nature, place more credibility on the sport, you yeah. know, regardless of whatever yeah. happens. So, you know, now people are like, okay, we want to invest in. And I think these are aspects that we we're only still starting to scratch into. Like, uh, obviously I know in here, the U S and, you know, color me biased, but you know, we're still like learning this media. I, I, I can at least say from where we were when I started eight years ago, you know, 2013 is, is, feels widely different than where we are now. Like it, it feels like we've seen improvements to the change in streaming, the, which was huge right there, the the aspect of write-ups. And so we're, we're, we're getting more dynamics, but it's still, you know, still a crawl over there. And I, I do want to ask this, you know, for you, now having been the vice president, worked with World Rugby, seeing this from the clubs, like how have you felt like – the J.R.U. Uh, has been able to, you know, work with their within the country and developing or um, promoting industry uh, for you guys. Obviously, you know, you guys are still working the field, but like you guys have your own media he- uh, output and stuff like that. Like, how has that been the process internally?
3: I
0: mentioned that we're a small team, (laughs) and so literally when I say a small team, um, in regards to social media, sometimes it's literally Bruce, it's me, it's maybe a couple of players we've gotten together. Um, Now we have a development officer, uh, so they put out stuff on social media. Um, Luckily, because of Jerry's ties with media in Jamaica, that has definitely helped us and allowed us some positioning. Um, and as well, I guess, because of my work with with TV and radio, I kind of plug rugby every, every time I'm in the Jamaican space. Um, you know, so everybody like gets tired. I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes and they're like, what is this child on? Um, however, there's so much more that can be done. And I think that's one of the things that Uh, Within our space, you know, we're still you mentioned about those nations that aren't rugby playing nations. We're one of those. And so football will always football and cricket. That's what people want. You know, Um, and listen, the reality is we don't even have a home field. So, you know, it's when we look at media, it's looking at media to kind of garner or community to, to work with our community to get our community excited as well as then finding ways to bring in sponsorship. And so for us that's one of the main things is is brand Jamaica is a huge brand. Right. And you know, COVID kind of hit us off track because we had two US colleges coming down to play in Jamaica, which would have been fantastic because that would have opened up more in terms of media. It would have opened up more in terms of just people seeing Jamaica as a a spot for rugby and a rugby destination as well. You know, beach rugby is growing and yet within the Caribbean, we only have really Curacao and and, um, the States doing beach rugby at any level. And really it's Curacao that are really leading the way with that. Um, so certainly it's in terms of media, we are so far behind. It would be brilliant to have a media office. So it would be brilliant to, to have somebody that, you know, and, and content, I think it's content, you know, we're still playing at a grassroots level for the majority of at the majority of the time. And it's, it's all people that are volunteers that are operating across the space from referees to coaches um so we are still a long way off yet it's making sure we attract people that want to have that conversation you know we've there's so much and I was just about to say something that I'm not allowed to say yet. Um, hey, let's go! Come on! Exclude! <laughs> it. Come on! Let's
3: go! <laughs> <laughs> you hear
1: this, people? There's something coming. All right, <laughs> we're breaking it <in> here.
0: <laughs> so I think it's that point, though, that you know, right. we are a small sport, yet we okay. So in, in Jamaica, there's a saying like "Kabo with and yeah, we're with Talawa, but guess what? That means that actually, it doesn't matter how small the country is. We have shown the world time and time again that hey, you know, Bob Marley, yep, Bolt, you know, Austin. Shaggy, there's yeah, Shaggy, Sean Paul. I mean, there's so many. And hello, who's your vice president?
3: Right. <laughs> Let's, go. You know what <laughs> Let's go. We're getting them. we
1: here. <laughs> we might be a small country, but we out here like this. <laughs> we got no, a whole in think... in New York.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's the thing yeah, that, you know, we do produce Jamaica produces time and time again. Um, and we've shown that we can, that we've shown that we have the heart. We've shown that we have the passion to do it. And, you know, we just need a little bit more time. Well, we'll see. Rep is coming up. So. I'm telling
1: you. Look, the mere fact even that you guys are even a part of that again uh, and having that chance, I know Hong Kong was one of the openings to really being able to blow that through. So, like, it, the process is already in way. And that's, like we said earlier, that's, that's where it started. It's not about are we there yet, but it's like are we at least charged? Is traffic moving even if it's slower than what we'd like it to be?
0: It's moving, mm-hmm. it's moving. And it's moving in the right direction. And you know what, we, we're building that community all the time and we're seeing things happen. And one of the big things is that we know we're going in the right direction because our governing bodies are happy with us, which is like, what? <laughs> 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 that, that is
1: awesome. What is this feeling, appreciation from everyone? I didn't I didn't know it
3: existed
0: like this. It's amazing. It's wonderful. <laughs> it is. It really is. And you know, it's just the fact that Man. there is so much happening. And yeah. And we're just excited about all that is happening. We've the or Olympic or Olympic Association is behind us or ministry is behind us. Nice. You know, it's it's at that point where we see it. We're on the edge. We know that. We're on that cusp. Uh, and yeah, it's we just need a little bit more support and or players, both men and women, they're working. even now, you know a lot of them aren't able to do any um, training with each other yet because of the COVID restrictions and regulations. So they're training at home by themselves. you know they're doing they're doing their workouts to keep fit. They're doing their rugby preparation in terms of ensuring that their rugby knowledge is up. Um, you know, they're doing what they can to make sure they're as ready as possible. And I think, you know, it's, we're working on both levels. We're working at the grassroots and making sure things are in place for that, um, and making sure we have more coaches. So the minute that restrictions are lifted and we can get back out there on the grass, not grass, that, you know, we'll be in a safe space.
1: Oh, no, I, I, I believe that full heartedly. And it, it, it's it's going to be something I know it's going to be like a, a breakout show one that has ha- as these COVID restrictions go. But it, it's again, it, it's so nice to know that there is that option. It's not, well, whenever it comes out, we're gonna have to start from scratch. And we're gonna be going through but it's more just like, all right, we'll be able to pick up and we'll be able to pick up the momentum a lot more. And that's Definitely. a completely different mindset than, than square winning it.
0: And you also had mentioned something or had started to touch on something where we're talking about, you know, changing, changing the landscape or, or getting more color into certain places. And I think for us, that's really important. So we're not just working at the player level. We're also building our own governance. And we are looking at how next we need to get involved at both the RAN and the world rugby level to, to, to make a stage, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you need people to come in that have had different experiences, right. and that see the world a little bit differently, to push the boat uh, a little bit. And let's be honest, the boat needs a little bit of pushing it, at it, the
1: moment. It's look, look, it it is it has been at its own standstill long enough, and uh, you know what? A, a a little bit of a a little bit of a kick to get it moving is, is definitely needed. And at least it looks like it's, it's coming through. I mean, again, what, what they did with women. I, I had the pleasure of talking with Katie Sadler and, uh, uh, a, a Milby Adam Milby. So like to just even see the excitement in listening to them and, and that generation, that generating, uh, impetus, uh, is, yeah. is huge. And just, you know, a monumental change in one fell swoop is, is definitely. significant.
0: And I tell you, out of that WILD group that's been formed, so that Women in Leadership Development group, already you're seeing changes. Already, you know, they're taking positions, or not taking positions, they're being voted into positions by men um, who, you know, before hadn't necessarily seen them in the same way. Um, You know, there's certain skill sets that we're learning, that we're utilizing, we're creating. There's a a great support network, you know, Rue from Canada. Uh, she is now Canada rep to the to the RAN board, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know, and if you look at our region, I mean, RAN as a region, we are doing exceedingly well in terms of the number of women we have in leadership positions within rugby and in terms of what we're doing to create pathways. So we're already leading in terms of women and development within our space. So that's that's absolutely fantastic that we're doing that and we're showing people, hey, it can be done, and then, you know, if you look at the number of people of color as well on the RAND board, hey, we're doing quite well. We could do better, yet- But it's, it's at least still, it's moving,
1: it's, it, it's not about settle, but it's just like, we're, we're making headway.
0: Yeah, and it's, I think the big thing, and, and this is important, because it's not just about, you know, changing things for the, the sake of change or having the token for the sake of token, no. It's about having the best person for the job in position, yeah. regardless of color, race, religion, you know, preferences, whatever it is, it's about having the best person. And I think that what's been happening is the gates have been open so that you can see that these women have the capacity to fill those positions. And so, what we want to make sure happens is that they can see that those of color also have the capacity and the skill set needed and so it's about building and creating a space that individuals women uh people of color people of different faiths people of different genders you know what whatever grouping because you know we could go on that they are given the opportunity to develop Within the rugby space, and to create pathways that really encourage people to move forward, as well as showing people that hey, this is something that's out there. This is something that you can do, that you can get involved in. And I think that's the big thing. I did not, and and like I said at the start, I did not see how much was involved
1: right. uh,
0: with with rugby in terms of positions. It completely blew my mind. It's
1: wild. Wh- I was about to ask you, and 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 you know, kind of wrapping this up. Uh, cuz i honestly i could go on for like another 2 hours with you cuz <laughs> i'm really enjoying this too much um we're going to have to do this again i'm i'm just let you know this um but you know kind of like one thing when it comes to perception and and even from the media side i've started to maybe the word is the best word is humanize people a little bit more mm-hmm. within it but you're before you got into governance how you saw world rugby how you saw a governing body uh, versus now that you're much more into it. Um, when you hear people talk about these governing bodies, these, these authorities, like how do you asphyxiate the difference between what they're seeing and what the reality is? Because for me, I've, I've become much more sympathetic to a lot of these movements, whether it's in media or, or understanding the people a lot more, versus what I think people more so on the outside looking in have.
0: I think it starts, uh, goodness, you know, when you started talking, uh, I went back to my childhood. You know, my dad's a, a white Englishman that played with other white Englishmen or, you know, other white expats in Jamaica. And so rugby was very much a a white expat sport, right? you know, and he was on the Jamaica national team. And the year that he was or the years that he was on the Jamaican national team, I think there was one Jamaican. On the national team, you know, um, whereas if you look today, I mean, yes, we do have a number of um, British Jamaicans that, that do play still, and a lot of Jamaican-Americans and Jamaican-Canadians and, and stuff, so dual nationalities do play. Yet, it's a very, very different look Thanks. to the team. and And it's the same for the board. The board is completely different. The people on the board... They've been chosen by their skill set. I mean, we have three women on our board, yet they've been specifically chosen for their skill set. Uh, it just happens that they're women. Um, I think we have one one New Zealander who <laughs> happens to be white, right? Um, he was chosen for his skill set, nice. and I think that was the difference. It's that it's looking, you know, when you can get to that point where you're not looking to change the face of something and it's it's happened more organically right. then that's that's what rugby should be about and i'm and showing the change you know it's not saying exclude a group or not have a group or right. you know fill a quota it's about having having that diversity so when you look at um governance my impression was white Englishmen in suits, you know, with the blazers and the, the smart rugby tie. That, that was the view. Now, let us be honest, that is still predominantly
3: <laughs> so, the view.
0: Right. Uh, yet it is changing. Right. It is changing. And there is a, a drive from a lot of people you know, not just people that say, hey, we're knocking at the door. There's a drive from people inside saying, hey, let's open the door. And let's not just open the door. Let's find ways to assist in development. World Rugby would not be putting in the kind of money that they're putting in to help develop women in leadership if they were not interested in ensuring those doors were open to women in leadership or to women. Um And so they're putting things in place. So we're seeing that there is a change. And the fact is that will only come if players that are coming up through the system also feel that they can access that. So admittedly, I am one of those people. I am privileged. I come from a very privileged background in both Jamaica and in the UK. And so therefore, doors, I don't think of doors as being closed. You know, I kind of think of them as, or not locked. They might be closed, they're not but locked. But they're
1: not lo- It's like, I can get in. I just, you just got to let me know. I, I just have to turn the knob a little bit. Let me go make the effort. Turn-
0: have, exactly. And sometimes it's just, I have to know that there's a door. Right. You know, maybe, and I think that's what we need to to really do. And I think, I think World Rugby are open. Um, we're seeing more and more players. I think the perception, though, is is what hurts us sometimes because sometimes we see the perception that okay it's this bunch of old white men right. <laughs> and I'm going to say it and so therefore we automatically think so I should not be there because I do not belong right. so it might not be the, the men in suits that are saying you don't belong it might be us individually saying I don't belong it's that imposter syndrome like me yes and so it's it's that whole thing of, you know what? Black people have been playing in rugby from, what was it, the 1800s? I think you had one of the first black players playing. Um, you know, we've been a part of, of the conversation in lots of spaces. And so if somebody wants to be in a particular position and wants to be in that space, then you need to make sure you're skilled up so that you can be in that space. You know, I believe that world rugby is at the point where we can push a door wide open because they are listening um, and we are seeing change. You know, it's it's very different in a lot of sports um, and certainly even in things like the Black Lives Matter movement, the same backlash that was seen by American sports wasn't seen by the British sports. Because there is a, all, the, don't get me wrong, there is racism, right. right? It's just expressed in a different way.
3: Right, right.
0: Right? And so that gives certain opportunities that are there, and it allows certain questions to be asked and certain discussions to be had. And I think if we're willing and able to have open and frank discussions, then that will also help. I think... Maybe we haven't spoken about it. You know, we've got James Bailey at the moment, and I'm going to say, hey, that's another British Jamaican there. <laughs> um, you know,
3: you got a record. You got a record. Let's go.
0: <laughs> you know, he's having conversations about diversity in rugby right. from a player perspective, from a coach perspective, from a governance perspective. And so it's also down to uh, to the fact that, you know, Culture is also about people wanting to play a particular sport. Right. So certain, certain groups will prefer their children to play certain sports because of a perceived impression of that sport. Exactly. And so within rugby, it's not just about the diversity of, of ethnicity. It's also about the diversity of class. You right. know, certainly if you look at within the UK, people make assumptions that to be a rugby player, you have yeah. to be from a public
1: school, private school, whatever, all that.
0: And, and that's it. In in England, we call private school, public
1: school. Oh, gotcha. I, I yeah. don't understand your system at all. <laughs> 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 the school that's exclusive is the one that's for public. And I, I don't understand
0: school where you have to pay fees
1: is the one that's public. This... I don't, yeah. I, I don't understand your system. <laughs> I don't understand your terminology. The american is not...
0: I, <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> you know, so it's... The, I think that the faces that we're seeing Man. are changing and if we look at the faces that are there, there, there is change and change is happening and... Potentially, if we look at the last election, I think some hands were played a little wrong or weren't played as wisely as they should have. Um, we're talking
1: about the world rugby elections? Because a lot of elections have happened rugby. over the course of the world last... Rugby <laughs> world rugby elections. World rugby <laughs> elections. got to be specific in this day and age right Sorry, now. sorry,
0: yeah. Oh, no, no. I'm not even going to touch on your election. <laughs>
3: okay? No, I'm talking the <laughs> world
0: rugby elections. Um, you know, and so we're seeing that change can happen yet we have to have conversations and one of the things that we haven't seen is we haven't seen unity amongst the other unions you know so we need to be talking to each other and we're certainly within the this region we're doing that more we're talking more um and so that is fantastic and so you know we need to make sure we're also talking to to usa and canada more um in terms of their unions and, and their leadership uh because it's it's about having a voice You know, and um, I tell you what, the African Unions...
1: I'm so looking forward. You have no idea how much that one, especially um, with with the way that Rugby Africa has been developing and just seeing what they do. And, of course, I'm Nigerian, so I have a particular invested stake in them getting back and getting this green-white-green onto the big stage there, too.
3: No!
0: (laughs) Okay, in in terms of... Nations, I have
1: to support Uganda and Kenya. Look, so, I I appreciate what they've done, and also Uganda, low key is Uganda, and Madagascar, low key much more powerful rugby nations than I ever imagined in my life. I I need them to come. Right. I, oh my goodness, I was like, what is happening? That being said, I need us to be premier on top. All right, everybody else is all good, but we need to be premier <laughs> on top, and then let everybody else fall into their place where it goes from there. So I, I, I give them all the credit, but. You know, it, it is one thing that I, I've wanted to be able to see. You know, I, I've done Asia a lot, but seeing Africa, seeing South America, seeing the Middle East develop, seeing the Caribbean develop, and then and, and Oceania and, and, and Europe is already in its establishment. But seeing these areas where the, the progression of people, one, how youthful, young these areas really are, uh, just gives mm-hmm. so much to go. And then, two, because of the advent of the Internet and how much it's developed – like the spread just goes in a whole different way and how it can be consumed is significant. And it's just, I do look for that to continue to, increase and you know I've been if it wasn't for this pandemic I would have been working for them you know we have this HBCU rugby class like I've been working to try and get them to come through so I'm just like I need to figure how do we figure out how do we make this all happen I want everyone here to play because it it I, I think a lot of people don't realize what it is because they've never, never had a need to and there hasn't been the presentation but you know yeah. as, as we know it's there's a lot of Elements that have been underlying to that, um, so uh, it, it's it's great to see where it goes. Ah, uh, look, I, I do not want to I end.
0: Know. <laughs> to, I've been talking too much. I'm sorry.
1: There's no such thing as talking too much. I I look, we mm, we're gonna have whether it's even off or on, we're gonna keep talking because I I, I enjoy the way – I, I love the way you think and and and, and it is like I said it speaks my speaks to my rugby soul and and my ambitions as well so uh, I love being able to see it but for the audience I'm not gonna let them have everything they're gonna have to come back for a second one <laughs> you know can you tell them where they can either like find you or where they can learn more about the work that you're you're trying to do I know you also got dragonfly and we didn't even get to that because that's a whole different element that I would have wanted to explode but They'll have to come back for that one. <laughs> so, you know, where where can they find you and 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 the work that you've been doing uh, in JRU? I
0: have a yeah, I'm just trying to think. Boy, I didn't even think uh, think about that. So literally, um, if you look up Jamaica Rugby Football Union um, or Keisha Ann Down, I am the only Keisha Ann Down people um, that's out there. I don't know if that's because the last name seems so strange to so many folk. Um, so, yeah, apart from the book, Keisha Ann Can, it's Keisha Ann Down, and you can just look me up, and it has my email address online um, as well as contact details. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn so find me on LinkedIn
3: That's um, or, we or, you or
0: I don't know <laughs> I'm easily accessible and you know if you're interested in rugby and getting involved in Jamaica rugby or if somebody's interested in just um, a woman who wants to get involved in, in, in rugby and doesn't know how you know I'm happy to happy to chat, happy to connect um, and let's, let's make this sport even better than it is
1: Let's go. This is what I'm talking about. I love it. Keisha, thank you so much.
0: Thank you for having me. Really, really
3: appreciate it. have the time. Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> this is how we do. This is how we do. That's when you know it's just good. You don't even feel it. <laughs> yo, guys. Thank you so much. Keisha. Ah! Yo. We... This is the best. This is the best. So, uh... Yo, thank you so much for being on. And everybody, once again, thank you for just taking the time to listen, enjoy. And guys, this isn't even this isn't even our only one. If this is your first time coming in, yo, you need to subscribe into this now. You got to get on this thing while there's still the getting on. I mean, there's always still getting on. You're never going to be too late. But you want to get in so you can pick up on the episode so you can catch up? So then now, whenever you're doing it, you're going in at at real time, all right? You're going in at real time. We've had some amazing guests. Last week, we had Brian Ginty of Next Level Rugby, the next producer, next major producer for rugby here in the U.S., and definitely probably worldwide. We had Sarah Alice Sal uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, whenever it came to talking about uh, the intricacies of USA rugby, as her former time as a national manager and now as a runner of Tory rugby, we had Katie Sadlier, who is the general manager for women's rugby uh, for World Rugby, and unfortunately, probably was having to be part of the decision to make to unfortunately close off the Rugby World Cup women's. We've had Adam Milby, the president for the Philippines Rugby Union. We had Tozan Tutitanwe of Viral Rugby. We had Warren Mullis and Preston Thompson of Red, White, and Black All, Black Eye, the American Rugby Podcast. The Tiffany Faiei. We had Brazil's Gabby de Pellegrini, Vitor Cena Leo Crema of Curitiba Rugby. We've had Dr. Amelia Luciano, uh, the world rugby referee. Uh, Georgie Cota of Drop Kickers We had Kamani Davis of Roots and Made. Like, we've had some amazing guests. We've had, uh, Adam Great Hayward from the movie Play On. We've had Rashad Litford from North Carolina Antis. Chedda Emba, USA Rugby Sevens. Alina uh, Strattleman of of uh, uh, Swiss Rugby. And, uh, you guys might know her as Angie Elena on Instagram. Like, oh, an amazing assortment of guests. Great stories, great angles, all of them uniquely different while also having a same foundational base. It's a beautiful thing, I got to say. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. But the most beautiful thing is knowing that you guys are still here, still listening, still wanting to take in new information and be able to learn more about people. And I appreciate you always. You make it exciting for me to come through. So I hope that you guys know that I hope you're happy, I hope you're healthy, and I hope you know that you are highly favored. I'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Yo, I want to talk to you guys about the HBCU Rugby Classic and Music Festival. Yo, this is the best event that is coming out in terms of cultural rugby. It is a representative of the historically black colleges and universities, but not just simply to represent for them, but to be able to continue to promote the development of rugby in all communities and we want you guys to know that we are coming back for may 1st and 2nd 2021 do not want to miss this one. I know there's a chance that you guys might not be able to come into the stadium, but please be sure to get ready to watch it. We have a great set of teams coming up. Great invitations from youth rugby all the way up to senior level rugby. So we are not just going to make it so that you only look for or understand one part, but this is for the whole shebang. This is something that is growing that will only make us better. So definitely check out more information at www. HBCU com, or find us on uh, social media at HBCU Rugby on Twitter and HBCU Rugby Classic on Facebook and Instagram. Guys, I know you're gonna love this.